a circumstantial sin. When when one does an avera, and there's a, there's a circumstance that, that one has to take into account. Uh, the Gemara deals with heim lo asu el alifnim, or lepanim, and it's megillah af yud bet hamudalef. So, in order to understand this little piece of Gemara, we need to do a posuk in Eicha first. Ki lo inami libo vayage b'nei ish. Quite difficult to phrase it, that, that, that statement, and therefore to translate it. So the way Rashi learns it, ki lo vayage b'nei ish milibo, the milibo goes on both of it. So what it's saying is Hashem doesn't afflict people or cause them suffering from His own will. It's not because Hashem wants it. People say it's Bashir. No, not really. It's not, not, and when things go wrong, it's not, you don't blame God. That's what, what I said, it's an important principle. And then you've got to relearn the word Vayage, the way Rashi says, I, I think, Vayage b'nei ish. It's human beings who've caused it themselves. So you can say Bashir when things go well, that Hashem is, is helping their miracles and things, but when things go badly, we've got to be accountable for ourselves. We, we, are, we are responsible. That's how Rashi learns, learns it. Based on that, Sha'alu Talmidav ben Yochai. Rabban Shimon ben Yochai, that's the author of the Zohar, the man who was in the cave for all those years, you remember, with his son, Rabbi Lozo, where Rabbi Shimon is so he, and I'm sure his son and his other Talmidim are sitting around the table as we're sitting here, and they said to Rabban Shimon ben Yochai, if we've seen that it's, it's people, when things go badly, it's people who've caused it. They had the Megillah open, they were reading, it was probably before Purim, and they were learning Masech the Megillah as we are. And they said, so why did the people of that generation deserve such terrible things that Haman was going to wipe them out? What did they do, what did they do to deserve it? We've just learned in Echo that when things go badly, you've got to look at yourself, what have you done? What, what, have, what have they done to deserve this? Omalahem, he said to them, and we see some educational methodology here, uh, which is, by the way, something that Maharishi Yeshiva always used to do. If you would ask him a shayla, he certainly went. When I asked him his first, his answer was always imruatem. So what do you say? What's your answer? Um, so you could never go to him with a question without, without an answer worked out already. Uh, so he, and he knew too. I'm sure Yuchai knew his Talmudim. Clearly they've got an answer. Omrilo, they say, We think it's because they went to the party, Achashverosh's party. That wasn't the place for Jewish people to be. It wasn't the right environment. They shouldn't have gone. The purpose of the party was wrong. He was mocking the Beit HaMikdash, and it, it just wasn't a place for Jews to be, and they were there. That's the reason. Omar Lehem, he said to them, Then that should only be the people who were in the city of Shushan. They went to the party. What about all the Jews and the rest of the empire? Why were they all subject to the same decree of Haman? What did they do wrong? So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Omruloi Morata, they said, hmm, okay, so what do you say? Have you, have you got a better answer? Omalahim, he said to them, It's nothing they did. It's something their forefathers did. They bowed down to the image that Nebuchadnezzar made. Nebuchadnezzar made this huge statue and had representatives of every nation bow down and the representative of the Jewish people, excepting for Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, as you know, didn't bow down and he threw them into the fiery furnace, but everybody else bowed down, the representatives of the Jewish people bowed down, that's why they the, the, the people in the time of, of Purim needed to be punished 
and you'll see in a moment a, a nuance. So why do they have to be punished for what their fathers did? Omru supanim They said, well, are you serious? You, are you suggesting that they're being punished for, for idolatry, for avoid Zorah? So then how, and I've put in here Rashi's, uh, in, in the brackets, I've put Rashi in. Uh, so then how did they get a miracle? Hashem doesn't do miracle for, for idolaters. If they, if they were evil and wicked and they uh, committed idolatry, how come Hashem does a miracle? Amalahim, he said, said to him, he answers, and here's the important piece. They only bowed down to, to, for, for face, just to give the impression that they were serving the Vuchadnetzer. But that what didn't come from inside them. This wasn't an inner drive. Meirai says Rashi, they did it out of fear. So Hashem also brought them to the brink of disaster. It, it looked, it was ke'ilu. It, it, it looked as if it was disaster, the same as they made it look as if they were idolaters. So Hashem gives them exactly the same situation. You didn't really mean it, but you made it look like you were idolaters. I didn't really mean it. I'm not going to destroy you. A miracle is going to happen. But you're going to come right to the edge. Why? In order to do tshuva. And that's what it means. Says Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai to them, you've got to learn the verse differently. How do you have to learn the verse? The Mahashor explains. The Mahashor, at the back of the Gemara, two parts to the Mahashor, the Chele Kaloche and the Chele Agoda, Chidushi Ahaloches and Chidushi Agodas. He has a piece which explains the, the regular Gemara, the technical side. The Mahashor, very difficult often, but, but very important to learn. And then he's got the Chidushi Agadot, where he explains the Midrashic side of the Gemara. And here in the Midrashic side, he explains here, and he says, the way to do it is they only did it because of the fear of death, as it says in Daniel, not from their heart. It didn't come from inside them. So Hashem also does it externally, gives them the appearance of destruction. So she tshuva, because the problem when you do something not from your heart, so um, you do something because of, because of social pressure. Then when, when, here we're talking about Nebuchadnezzar would have killed them if they didn't bow down. But it doesn't have to be as bad as that. Just wokeness and political correctness is enough to terrorize a person into saying things he doesn't really mean. So, so it happens even in our days that people are saying things they don't really mean. So if it should happen that a person does something that, um, that, that they don't really they, you mean, they, they give the impression that they are aligned with an idea that is anti-Torah, Right? If you put it in those words, then you realize how often this can actually happen. For the purposes of social pressure, you don't want to cause an argument. Yeah, you, you, you go along with an idea which is anti-Torah. The problem is when you do that, and you know that in your heart you don't buy into what you're saying or what you're doing. The problem is you don't do tshuva because you think, I didn't really do anything wrong. I just did it for pressure, but really I'm, I'm okay. So Hashem, that's what this posuk means. It says, explains the Masha. Ki lo ina... Um, when a person didn't do bad from his heart, this is not talking about Hashem, as Rashi learns it. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, as the Mashor learns him, says, look how you can work with a Pasuk, and look at the danger of translation, because if you translate the Pasuk into English, you either translate the Rashi's way or the Mashor's way, and you lose the ambiguity. Says the Mashor, the other way of learning this Pasuk is it's not talking about Hashem, that Hashem doesn't bring hardship from his heart. It's kilo inami libo. When a person does wrong but not from his heart, still Hashem brings 
brings suffering, brings hardship, so that the person will do tshuva, so that he'll question what's going on, where have I done wrong, what have I, what have I done wrong. So the purpose of the, of the punishment is not to punish, it's to transform. It's to help the person change himself because when you do wrong but not in your mind, some people do wrong in their mind but not in their, physically, they physically do the right thing but their minds are in the wrong place. Here we're talking about people who their minds are in the right place. They're completely kosher Jews, they believe in Hashem but because of the social situation they, they, they want to fit in, they want to do what's done. It's, it's the norm. It, it, it happened if you take a place like South Africa when Jews came from Lithuania uh, and it was incredibly hard to keep Shabbos. They, they kept whatever they could. They did whatever they could. But you had to fit in. People, Jews went to America, the same kind of thing. And it was a terrible thing because Jews became, lost their feel, lost their connection to Torah. And they felt, they continued to feel very connected to Hashem. And that makes tshuva harder. Because you feel you've done the best you can under the circumstances. Says Hashem, yeah, but the best you can is not always enough. Sometimes, even though you did the best you can, it wasn't good enough. And... You need to do some tshuva later on when you're able to. You need to do a little bit more. You need to come back to, to, to Hashem. And, and so Hashem can sometimes turn on the pressure to bring us to that situation where we do that. That's how the Ma'ashor learns it. And that's the, the role of punishment. It's important also uh, for people who, who are running businesses and teams and are responsible for people that there, is, there are times one has to discipline people. But you've always got to ask, where is it coming from? A desire to transform or a desire to punish? So this posuk is, is when Hashem, either according to Rashi, when we cause our own hardship, or when Hashem brings hardship, the way our Gemara learns it, it's only in order to transform, it's only in order to make us better, better people. I was once doing work with a with district attorney in the United States, and she was a wonderful district attorney in that she caught all the bad guys and locked them up. And, and she was amazing in that way. But she was a tyrant in her own department. The district attorney offices, there are very big offices, and the district attorney runs this this, this entire office and she was a tyrant in the office people hated her and she made people's lives a misery so I was trying to work with her and eventually it just got to me I said what are you passionate about she said I'm passionate about justice justice is what I'm passionate about I'll, I'll do anything for justice and then I paused and I said to her tell me the truth is it justice you're, you're passionate about or is it punishment you're passionate about and there was about a minute of silence she thought she said, it's punishment I'm passionate about. And that's a terrible thing. To have a person in power who's passionate about punishment. Sometimes you've got a, a, a pakid, we were talking about it last night, right? You can have a pakid in the civil service who's passionate about his power and punishing you and making you wait because you did something wrong. You, when you have power, you've got to be very careful that your passion is not punishment. And the Bolshevik's passion is not punishment. It's to help us change and transform. Um, that being the case, there's an amazing piece of, of Rashbor that I want to learn with you from the Chuvas de Rashbor, 13th century Spain. Uh, as you know, the Rashbor was the Talmud of the Ramban and the Rabbeinu Yonah. This is the school of the Ramban. Rabbeinu Yonah was also a Talmud of the Ramban. The Rabbeinu Yonah was about 15 years older than the Rashbor, but the Rashbor considers himself a Talmud of Rabbeinu Yonah. Rabbeinu Yonah was also the big Baal Musa. He wrote the Shari Chuva. Um, so he had he had both the halacha and the and the musar he was strong in, and here he quotes Rabbeinu Yona. Posak be'inyan. This is the case of Yai Nesich Shishomali Fsok the Chachmet Sofat. This we Rabbeinu Yona paskin this halacha for the Jews of Spain, and you get an idea of history from learning these tshuvas. Uh, 
כי משובד לעבוד אזורה והוא הולך ממקום למקום, ובעיר אחת הוא מאמין בעבוד אזורה בפני גויים, ובעיר אחרת נכנס בבית ישראל ואומר שהוא יהודי, ואיננו יהודים, אם הוא יהודי עם לאו. There are Jews who go from town to town in France, this is, think of this, this is now the... the 12th century, 13th century. And in one town, he acts like a non-Jew, like a Christian. And then he goes to another town and he says, I'm a Jew and he wants to join the minion and he's touching the wine and he's a, and he's a Jew. Who is he? How do we treat him? The question to the Rabbeinu Yonah was, how do we deal with him? And Rabbeinu Yonah answers, since he says he's a Jew, his wine, you, he can touch the wine, he's a, he's a Jew, he can count in the minion, you can call him up to the Torah. You, you can assume that when he says he's a Christian, he's lying. But this is the whole th- the story of the Moranos, isn't it? And the whole, Span- the whole um, Spanish Inquisition was to catch the Jews who were lying about their Christianity. Because that's what the Jews were doing. This is what it's talking about. Those Jews who lied about their Christianity. He's doing that just to save himself. He's not, a, he's not a Christian in his heart. And when he tells us, he comes to Shul and he says, I'm a Jew. Then he's telling the truth. That's with heart. Why? Look at what the Rabbeinu Yonah says. It's amazing. Why? Because our belief is one that is straight and and good and honest and true. Of course he believes in Yiddishkeit. Who wouldn't if you have the choice? You can understand that better than anybody, isn't that right? It's logical. If you understand Christianity and you understand Yiddishkeit and you've got an opportunity to be a Jew, of course you're a Jew. But you said you're a Christian when you went to such and such a village. That's out of fear. And then he goes on, so he, he makes this accommodation that, that, that there are times when people do things out of fear, the same as the Jews in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. You've got to consider the circumstance. And again, fear doesn't always mean that, that you're going to be crucified if you, if you don't say that you're a Christian. Even in our day, there's fear of, of, of public pressure, of political correctness. And people find themselves saying things and doing things that is not what they really believe in their heart. And sometimes even, even though they know what they're saying is not true Alpitora, it's not the right thing, but because the Hebrew they're with, that's what, you've got to, that's what you've got to say and they say it. And we understand that there's such a thing. Still, we've got the Posuk in Eicha and we've got our Gemara. That doesn't mean that Hashem doesn't get upset with you. Still, that's not okay. And we still have to do tshuva. And, and sometimes hardship results as a result of that. I'll just finish off with a, a now famous chazanish in Yoradeh where the Chazanish talks about the din, that if somebody is wicked and disobeys the Torah and ignores the Torah and has nothing to do with it, uh, you take care of him. You get the fixes in and, and we take care of such a person. He says, Avabizman, that's only at the time where Hashem's presence is revealed and clear. And despite the clarity of Hashem's presence, you see the Beis Hamikdash is working and there are miracles every day and somebody th- turns away from Hashem, those are people that you've got to be careful of. But when Hashem is not so present, such as in the time of the Rashbo, uh, and, such, and, and the Rabbeinu Yonah, and as in the time of Nebuchadnezzar, and the time of Purim, uh, before, the, before the Nisim, when it wasn't so clear that Hashem was there, and in our own time, uh, then it's different. Then by taking care of somebody, you're not bringing them to tshuva, you're making it worse. Now you become the gangster. 
and that's not and that's not going to achieve anything so be very careful that whatever you do is designed to transform people and not to exclude them and not to punish them nowadays alenu lahziram ba'avotot ha'ahava Nowadays, our, our job is not to run people down and not to punish people for their, the fact that they're not 100% committed to Torah, but to bring them closer with ropes of love, to draw them in with ropes of love and bring them in with care and aura, with the shining light of, of Torah, so that people see the Torah and want to come close to the Torah, not to be aggressive and not to be negative and not to look down and judgmental of people. That's not the appropriate response for, for our time. Okay.